0: This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal.
2: Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Man, I'm always excited to get to know somebody better and to hear their testimony and to hear what God has done in their lives. Uh, and today is no exception. Uh, Mike, do I call you Mac or Mike? I've been calling you to my wife, Milwaukee Mike. Yeah, just there to, you go. Oh. Just to distinguish you from any any other Mikes in my life. I'm like, yeah, I'm interviewing Milwaukee Mike, but I like Mac, you know?
1: Yeah, with a last name like McGivern, you know, we, there's a lot of Mac, a lot of Mikes out there. And, and And a lot of
2: people have called me Mac for a long time. So Mac would be fine. Man, I'm going to try to shift my mindset to Mac because that's one cool thing. You know, you're a sports guy. I'm a sports guy. And uh, we're going to get through your bio, get to your bio and everything. I've got tons of questions. But sports nicknames and nicknames growing up, you always had it made in the shade just with that name. You're going to be, I mean, Mac. But you told me all fair you were something else. But growing up, Muko was, um, and, and to this, to this day, and I don't
1: really know, My older, one of my older brothers started it, and to this day, I'll see somebody from my high school days or my grade school days, and it'll be like, hey, Muko, how you been? I've been good. How you been? I have no idea. My my nieces and nephews for a while called me Uncle Muko. In fact, some of them still do. Um, but I think as I got a little bit older, uh, Mac um, seemed, to, seemed to be what a lot of people stuck with. and. Uh, when you again, you're a hundred. I'm a hundred percent Irish, Steve. My mother's maiden name was O'Fagi, and my last <laughs> name is McGivern. And you know what that means, right? A lot of trouble growing up, brother. A <laughs> lot of trouble. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we're going to get to that. Maybe that's a part of your testimony, but uh I want to I tell people, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try out the Mac just to see how it works. But Mac, now I'm going to tell my wife I'm talking to Milwaukee Mac. But uh, there you go, Milwaukee's <laughs> very own uh, Mac McGivern. Um, I want to tell people, just first of all, before I even get into your bio, I got uh, the blessing and honor you interviewed me on your sports uh, and faith show, Faith in the Zone, uh, a little while back, a month ago or so, and uh, man, I just really enjoyed getting to know you, even though I was doing most of the talking uh, you were just man really blessing me and talking about our ministry and everything and and I felt coming away man I want everybody to listen to this this is a uh, Mike is Mac is just really uh, lifting me up so I just really appreciate that and we put it as I told you off air we put it up as a very bold radio and podcast just because I had so much fun.
1: I appreciate that you know you're turning the tables now, right? That's I'm right. normally asking questions, right. I did that to you, and yeah. you handled it great. So be kind to me, because I'm normally the one doing the <laughs> prep and asking questions. I've done no prep for this, and we'll just uh, we'll see how I do on the other
2: side. You're going to do fantastic. Uh, I have no doubt, and we'll just see where God directs, but I was blown away by your bio. You know, I asked, Uh, hey let me get some photos and if you have a bio you send it my way and then I was like wait what this guy so let me just cover and maybe uh i'll ask you some questions as we go as i mentioned you know you're uh the host of the high school sports show and faith in the zone radio show on the big 920 and the iHeart radio app i do want to come back at some point just to mention one of the features that you do for faith in the zone that i want our people to know about and i'm going to turn the tables on you and ask you know what jersey what you know, would you suit up for? So we'll talk about that. And I know along with that, we could sit here for two hours just talking about some of those stories that you have heard from people. Uh, But I want to, yeah, it really is. And it's a great, great feature. I want people to find out about that. So hang in there with us, but look, inducted into the Wisconsin basketball coaches association hall of fame, 2021, that you know a Hall of Fame. There's there's not many people they just let in the Hall of Fame. You don't like uh, just apply online and you're in the Hall of Fame. But wait, there's more. And then I want to ask you about this. You're also inducted into the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame. We got basketball and two-time Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association Media Man of the Year 2017 to 2020. You're you're in the, your Hall of Fame, Mac McGivern. Yeah, well, you know, I, I can tell you it just means I'm
1: old. And, <laughs> and, and I think that's what it means. And I've done a lot of coaching. The, the football one, um, I was put in and, and more on the media side. And it was just a blessing. And it's interesting because – I used to do the Wisconsin Football Coach Association Hall of Fame um, uh, show every other Saturday during the offseason. And one Saturday a year, we'll take that Saturday and we'll announce for the first time live what coaches and assistant coaches are going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, And we're getting really late. I had to get to a break where these guys were in studio with me. And I was doing this like, come on, boys, you got to go. Like, you got to go. And they said, well, we have one more. And I said, that's fine. But yeah, we got to go. And they, you know, they announced that that I was going in. Wow! And it caught me off guard, and I had to get to a break because I don't want to cry on my own show, right? <laughs> and I just kind of—I was stunned by that. Never thought, never. And it was just wow. a, a pure blessing that that these guys had um, behind the scenes had put me up for this and was able to do that. The basketball one is kind of yeah. funny, Steve. Because tell me. Uh, I went in um, as an assistant coach. I've been a head coach, been an assistant coach. And I I had won uh, three state championships in the school, uh, in the Christian schools as a head coach and three as an assistant coach in the WIAA. And I put myself in as an assistant coach. And they only take one assistant coach a year. And when I put my stuff in, I did not get in. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just, I, it was disappointing. I thought, well, let's yeah. just move on. And well, the following year, I did not put my stuff back in. And Jerry Pettigrew was the all-time winningest coach in the history of the state of Wisconsin by far. He's wow. also the head of the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, um, called me and he said, uh, how are you doing? I said, good coach, how you been? He said, good. He said, are you sitting down? And I said, well, I'm driving. So yeah, I'm sitting down. <laughs> He said, Mike, congratulations, you're going into the Hall of Fame. And I hesitated. I said, Jerry, I didn't put my stuff in. He said, I know you didn't. I did. He said, because I, I thought you should have gotten in last year. And when I realized you didn't put your stuff in, I did. And wow. you got voted. It was unanimous. You got voted. And you are going to the Hall of Fame. And it was, uh, it was a great night. It, it really was. My daughter um, was to present me. Yeah. and I, I coached my son a lot we did AU and traveled all over and I coached him in high school and my daughter was always right next to us yeah and i and I didn't coach her but because of her support and my wife's support we could travel all these places and my daughter's five years older than my son okay and I asked her to present me and she she was sick that weekend and couldn't come and oh. I felt bad for her um, and my son was sitting there and he said hey you need somebody to come in off the bench boy. right here. And I said, (laughs) all right, come on, Matthew, let's go. And, and Katie was, uh, was there in spirit and I felt bad because she was every big uh, as part of this as, as I was, as your brother was,
2: as uh, my wife was. And, Yeah, it was a great night for our family, for sure. Wow, that's cool. I'm sorry she missed out, but I think that's really cool as a dad just to recognize, you know, this is a family thing. It's really cool that you were going to have her present you, and uh, such a bummer that you had to call your son in off the bench for it. But Yeah, he was waiting. He, you know, he, I, I had to call him off the bench in a few games, so he was ready to go. <laughs> oh, he wasn't one of these kids that was always a starter, and everybody said, oh, your, your dad's the coach. No, no. You know, in AAU, we had a point guard
1: that, that I thought was better. And um, I would tell Matthew, and I would tell his mom, my wife, <laughs> Yeah, that hey, was listen, the hard you don't have to be better than Jarrell Harris. You just yeah. got to be as good. And you get the nod because you're my boy, right? But yeah. right now he's, he's, he's ahead of you and I'm going to play him. And I, I actually caught a little bit of smack from some of the parents saying, look, what are you doing? Like you're doing this to get your son better. And I said, I am, but I'm also fair. And um, it does, it did cause a few issues here in the McGivern household. I can tell you that, (laughs) but in the long run, I think he learned um, a lot he learned to come off the bench. He learned to be a good teammate he ended up being a, a four year starter in high school, a four year starter starter in college. Wow! And he, yeah, he played at Maranatha Baptist Bible College and um, Division three school here in the state of Wisconsin. And if you were to go on their on their record book, uh, yeah, it's up online. His uh, he's the all time leading assist leader. Um, I taught him I taught him how to be a point guard, right? How to get in the gap, and if a kid's hit two in a row, let's let's ride that pony. Right. Let's let's <laughs> get in that gap, you know, addition and make sure it gets in the shooting pocket. And let's see if we can't get to that number. And I, hey, Steve, I can tell you this. He's a yeah. lot like my wife where he doesn't want he, my, my daughter's more like I write okay. diary and got that Irish thing going. And my son <laughs> just doesn't want any of the attention. Mm-hmm. And when he when we got his playbook, his freshman year on the back end was all the records of the school.
2: Yeah, this is and I college we're talking about. Yeah, yes, at college,
1: and I said, uh-huh. "Look at that assist record. If you can get on the floor your freshman year, you got a chance here." And we, this was between him and I. I didn't yeah. talk to didn't talk to my wife, didn't talk to anybody at the end of his freshman year because they handed him the ball when he got on campus. Wow! And he, when he got on campus, he was six foot, a buck thirty five. So he was tall and thin, but he was he didn't look like. He didn't scare anybody walking through the airport. I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah. And then he got on the court and he, he could see things one or two plays ahead. He was a true mm. point guard. Mm. And middle of his junior year, I called him the day of a game and I said, Look, you're three, you tie it. And four, you're the all time leading record uh, assist holder. I said, When you get three, I want you to look up at me in, in the stands. And when you get to four, give me a little fist pump and then let's move on. Wow got the fourth one and the rest blew the whistle. And so he thought there was a timeout called and he gave me that little fist pump and I'm at the top of the bleachers and he walks to his bench and the PA announcer said, ladies and gentlemen, we just had a school record broken. And Steve, if he could have shot me with his eyeballs, if he had bullets in his (laughs) eyeballs. And I'm like, no, I didn't say anything (laughs) to anybody. Hold on a second. Yeah. And he you know, they put the number. In fact, the ball is, is on the case behind me. Oh and he um, he, he kind of waved, and he took two dribbles, and he passed me the ball at the top of the bleachers. What? And I can tell you that it was one of these moments. It was like slow motion, and the first thing I thought was, "Catch it or it's going to die you, right?" <laughs> and, and I caught it, and I gave a little spin to the ball. But all of the all the stuff we went through in AAU basketball, in high school basketball, some from the outside. Some from just him and I, where I, I, I didn't handle coaching him very well early on. Really? No, nah, I, I didn't. And I read a book called Coaching Our Sons. And it's yeah. an old book from a coach here and a coach tank here in the state of Wisconsin. The good and the bad and the really ugly stories of families being broken apart. Wow. Because you're trying to coach your own son. And I realized that once we got to the kitchen table, after a practice or after a game, I'm his father. And so sometimes after games he would get in my wife's car and they'd race me home to get to the kitchen table because I want to talk about those six turnovers you had. And he just said, Hey dad, what's going on? And he'd laugh. And, but that first year was hard. That sophomore year when I, when I went to coach him at, at the high school level, I, I, I don't think it was great for our relationship. Um, the junior and senior year was much better. And now it's really fun because he's got a three-year-old of his own. Yeah. We still have all these videos of of high school games and college games that we'll sit and watch once in a while. And I'll say, "Man, did you ever play a look at defense?" He's like, Come on, "Man, I, you, I had to do everything offensively. I had to rest sometime." I said, "No, you're 16 years old. <laughs> Excuse me." So it, it just great stories of, of coaching him and and what basketball has meant to our family.
2: Yeah, man, I'm really glad that somehow you were able to make a little pivot, a little shift your, with his junior year. What for you, what was different? Was it that table thing or was it It something else? I mean, how did you, you yeah, go ahead. Steve, it was, it was,
1: it I was the adult in the room, right? He was 15 years old and I'm, I'm wanting to talk to him two hours after a practice about why we're not shading the screen and why. And, and I think he got exhausted by it. And um, I put a lot of pressure, I think, on him because I had come from a really, it's, it's a medium-sized school, but a big basketball school okay. in this area. We had won back-to-back state championships up at the Kohl Center, state of Wisconsin, and then we had one year where we didn't make the playoffs, and then I left. And I went to Calvary Baptist. We had 67 kids in the whole school. Wow. In fact, I called us the Caucasian invasion. Right? (laughs) We just, these kids, Steve, had no clue. Um, I was coming from a place that we were playing against the best talent in the state of Wisconsin. Right. Now I'm going to a place that played only against different Christian schools. and, And I said, well, on a second, how many, we're not part of the WIA. How many games can I play? They so say you just play as many as you want. So I started calling city schools, saying, "Hey, what? you want some?" And they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> come on!" And so we some. we start bringing these seven or eight boys down to places that that yeah. they've never been to before. Yeah, and they didn't even have warm up music at Calvary Baptist when I got there, and now we're going down to play like Milwaukee Academy of Science, Milwaukee Hamilton, and our kids didn't. They just went and played they didn't realize they lived on this little postage stamp and I was going to yeah. open the doors for them. And we did really well. We, we, we beat wow. some schools that we should never have had a chance against. And it was just because these kids didn't get intimidated. They didn't know enough to be scared. And yeah. we just went and played and and people were like, you got to be, you beat walkie, walkie Hamilton is 3000 kids. And we had 67 and we went and we beat them. We're down in fact, we were down 10 with two minutes to go and what? ran 12 on them. What?
0: Ran 12 what? on them.
1: Yeah. And uh, after the game, it was uh, – I walk in to the locker room and the kid said, hey, we getting free pizza today? I go, Johnny, we just beat Milwaukee Hamilton. He goes, I know. Are we getting free pizza today? I go, sure, Johnny, get some free pizza. But <laughs> kids just didn't know, and it was really <clears throat> probably the best three years out of 36 <clears throat> coaching. Those three at Calvary Baptist were the Mm. three best.
2: Really? Wow. Wow. Okay. Why would you say that? I mean, uh, why do you think that was the best? I've got other questions for you on this, but why would you say that was the best three years out of 36 years?
1: Of 36, I think a couple of reasons. Kids that were going to Calvary Baptist were, were, were playing basketball, but that wasn't the most important thing in their life. What, what was more important was their faith and their family. And it was a, a group of kids that you know we had some players, man. We you had must have kids that could play. Yeah. And Pastor Ken Keltler, who is uh, my my co-host for the most part on, on Faith Zone, one of his sons, about a six-three, real bouncy and tough as nails, we had yeah. two of his sons for one year, and then I had Keith for all three. And you know what, the, 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 the combination of Matthew and Keith, we had two players that were college-level players. Yeah. And when you're playing in the city of Milwaukee and you're playing mostly smaller Christian schools, you know, you, you're going to beat those guys with, with right. that kind of talent. So right. let's try to get better. You know, I, I, I didn't mind losing some games with those guys if, if you know, we learned some things about how do we handle pressure. How do we handle teams that are bigger, stronger, can jump out of the gym? yeah. And can we can we take care of this and play our pace, play the kind of defense we want to play and be able to box out? And it was good. We won three straight state um, championships with them. And, you know, I was blessed enough to win that last game that I was coaching my son. I knew it was the last time. Wow. And we got to cut the nets down, and it was his third in a row, and and it was good.
2: Your kid and I know these other the pastor's sons too, but uh, your kid must be a winner. I mean, you he, know, one hundred
1: percent. You know, when he got to college and they didn't win a lot,
2: they uh, I didn't got you. Win a lot. I understand?
1: And now they're playing against grown men, and and at at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, you know, it's interesting. I I talked in Faith in the Zone. I talked to um, I talked to Doctor. Um, Ed Combs from Liberty university. He works in the football program there. Okay. And he, he said, look, we recruit kids that can play football. And if, if they have no, no faith walk to them, that's our job. And Maranatha is a little different where they, they recruit kids that are strong in their faith and this is a good campus for them. And then if they play basketball, okay, let's take a look. And so, um, he he did really well there. They didn't yeah. have a lot of wins, but, boy, I was proud of him the way he played.
2: Boy, sometimes, uh, you know, when I think about some of the more competitive people that I know and have, you know, played whatever kind of basketball with, uh, the ones that I really respect a lot are the ones that I know are very competitively driven with competitive fire. And are winners, and, and yeah. I mean they—they they hate to lose. But uh I've played on teams where, and I'm not that guy. me, I love to win, but not like that level. Mm-hmm. And I respect the heck out of those guys that I know they've got the fire, and I know it's driving them crazy that we're not winning this church league basketball game. <laughs> yes. but, but they keep showing up and keep competing, even though I know it's—it's it's frustrating for them. So hats off to your son. Yeah, yeah.
1: His freshman year yeah. – um, and, and I would go to all of his games. His yeah. freshman year, we had our first grandson, Keegan, and they were playing at Madison Edgewood, and we are going to be able to babysit Keegan for the first time. And I'm yeah. watching the game online, and he's okay. a freshman, and they have a 10-minute pregame show. And the guys doing the pregame show never mentioned Maranatha Baptist Bible College. <laughs> all they talk about is, look, if we win on Friday – <laughs> against Concordia, we get a, we're we going to have a chance to win this conference. And I'm watching this thinking, I, they're showing my boy warm up, but Maranatha didn't have many wins. So yeah. these guys doing the game just said, look, we'll win tonight. But if we win on Friday, and so I'm watching the game and it's close. Yeah. And um, I think they're up by two with 20 seconds to go. My heart's pounding. Matthew's got his hands on the ball a lot and they follow him and he goes to the line to shoot a bonus. And right before the ref gives the ball, they take a timeout.
2: Yeah. Trying to ice him.
1: That's as nervous as I've been. And he drained both of them. Oh, yes. And they win, they, right? And they hold on and win. And now these guys have to say, hey, look, we got no chance to win the conference anymore. And he gets on the bus and he calls me. He said, Man, I said, Matthew, they did a close-up man, you look calm, cool and collected. He said, dad, my knees were banging together. I was so nervous. And I said, nothing but net. He said, when that first one went in, I felt pretty good about the second one. So yeah. Wow. Do you know, he never once asked me how many points he scored ever. Wow. He would come out of the gym and say, how many assists, how many turnovers? Cause I'm a four to one kid. I said, yeah. you're not a four to one kid. <laughs> But I can prove to you, you had three turnovers, you had five assists. He'd say, no, I'm a four-to-one kid. And he'd laugh, and we'd just goofing around. But never once did he say, how many points did I have? And and I respect that with him. He yeah. didn't really care. He just wanted to win games. And if, if it took him to score, he could score a little bit. Um, if it took him to, to play defense, get some steals. But he
2: really got guys open looks by giving them the ball. So it was good. I love that. Was it? Um, was it hard for you? Is that, is that when you retired from coaching? I mean, your last so, year was that state championship or no. No. So,
1: so what yeah. happened was I, 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 I got away from it to go watch him play. Yeah. Um, and then I, I coached his freshman year when he was at Maranatha. And then for the only time in my life, um, I was let go. I coached at a place called heritage Christian one year. And didn't know if I wanted to go back and prayed about it because I felt like I was serving two masters. And I prayed hard. Mm. And I got called into the AD's office and they said, we're not going to renew your contract. I said, I'm getting fired. And Ernie was a really good, honest man. And he said, Mike, I don't know what's going on. They told me to send you an email, but I wouldn't do that. Wow. And so I called, um, found out that I didn't name the superintendent's uh, son a captain. Oh my God! Um, but you know what? I wanted look. What I was hoping for is the Lord just tell me, just yep. quietly let me know. But for the for the only time in my life, I got fired, and it became. I, you know I went on the air and talked about it. And I thought, Lord, really? Could you have just quietly said, go watch your son play? You know, this is kind of a mark. And it's funny, when I went into the Wisconsin Basketball Coach Association Hall of Fame, you got to list everything that you've done. And I just let that one off. I kept that one off. And I thought, I'm not going to give them any credit
2: for this. So. Right. I, I think that's wise. I think that's good. So then after that, so you watched your son for those couple of seasons? Yep. And then the guy that I coached
1: with, and in fact, he was my assistant coach, For a while, then he got the head job at a place called Whitefish Bay Dominican, and I went back as his assistant. And then after Matthew graduated, he called and said, uh, hey, man, I'm taking a new job at a place called Greendale Martin Luther. You want to come? Let's coach together again. And I said, Paul, they've won like three games in two years. What are you thinking? And he said, look, let's let's turn this thing around. And I I said, I'll give you four years. And that last game I coached at the varsity level, we won another state championship. And uh, it, was, uh, it was incredible. See, this, this school went school choice, our first year there. Okay. And so not only did you have to teach kids the culture, losing is really easy. It's yeah. an easy thing to be able to do, to teach a group and teach a school what it takes to win. That first year, we won nine games. Mm. And you would think we won the national championship. Yeah. I mean, we won nine games. I was really disappointed. I was getting free haircuts and free popcorn. And <laughs> I said, guys, we won nine games. They said, coach, we're Martin Luther. You don't understand. We won nine games. And that second year, we, we moved it up that third year. We did really well. And then that fourth year, we had some seniors in that program that had been through the wars with us. And, um, won a state championship, and it was it, it was really good for a lot of kids from the city of Milwaukee. And, and i got to be honest with you, Steve, to win the yeah. state championship was great. Yeah. I don't know if we did a, a good enough job as a coaching staff to get these kids to understand that this is just one step, right? Mm-hmm. Now go make more memories at different places in your life and then come back 10 years later at the school, re, at the reunion, and we'll talk about it again. I don't know if we did a, a good enough job. With some of those kids, because some of those kids are good enough to play at the next level, and th- mm. they're not. And mm. a couple of
2: them, um, not quite sure what what they're doing right now, and I'm I'm disappointed in that. Yeah. Okay. So when was that that you would give me a year approximate? Yeah, it
1: was um, 2020, maybe. Oh man, 2019. This like is that. this up. is I fresh. Anything- it is
2: fresh. Yeah. Wow. Um, would it have been uh, 2019 because 2020 might have COVID might have wiped out the state? Yeah, 2019 two. it would have been then. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, In fact, we, yeah. I'm going to email
1: you um, and yeah. you'll love this. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah I will. The, the school put together about a seven-minute video cool. on this. And and I can tell you that you'll, you'll love it. And yeah. It's a really cool piece of... The school had never had a state championship in any any sport before. Yeah. And here we go. And the first game that we coached there, we had seven students come and watch us play. Oh, my gosh. Seven. That's it. And by the end, if you didn't get there, man, at least by the beginning of the JV game, you weren't getting in the student section. And this school just fell in love with this team and these kids. And where it started, again, school choice, and now we're trying – to get kids to understand that it's okay if you're gonna go shoot, it doesn't have to be all white kids on one end, all African-American kids on the other. Let's let's get let's mix this up, let's go. And it took a little bit. And okay. we had some good freshmen, and the seniors were so used to losing by that point that we'd be down three with four minutes to go and their heads would go down. Yeah. And the freshmen would be like, hey man, we're not losing tonight. Give me the ball and get out of the way. You don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> and the seniors seemed to give them the leadership because they backed it up, wow. and they, these these freshmen were kids from the city going, "We're not losing tonight. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Give me the ball. Set me a pick, or go sit down." <laughs> and it was amazing to watch. And these seniors bought into.
2: Now they realized how hard it was to win games, to finish
1: games, yeah. because they're so used to losing.
2: Yeah. Well, tell me, talk, talk to us about the process. I get to, you know, get to know a lot of coaches down here in Texas, sure. get to do Bible studies Monday to Friday with different public high school coaches. You bet. And um, just thinking about the challenges, I'm thinking about one school in particular, just the, the challenge of creating a culture set up for winning and uh, for any of these schools. Like, how did you guys do that? How did you accomplish that? You know, I, th- I think we've had we had a lot of success in Coach
1: Wallachime. It had, had a lot of success in the past. And now to be able to get these kids to understand that we know what we're talking about. And we did this good cop, bad cop then. Right? Oh, OK, for, for these kids, he was the dean. Of, he is the dean of students at the school. So he can't be the good cop at night. And be the bad cop during the day, so he had to be the bad cop all the time. And I was the kid when he kick a kid out of practice, or a kid would leave because they were mad, they weren't playing enough. I was the kid. I was the coach that would go and put my arm around him and say, "Listen, I I, I got you. Just yeah. trust me. Trust me. I'll get you um, more playing time." What was nice about the relationship that Coach uh, Wallace and I had is I did the substitutions,
2: yeah, and so he oh. coached
1: what was on the floor. And I would I would make the substitutions and that, that and that was the kind of respect I think that he had for me as a as a as a fellow coach. And so I would say to the kid, look, it's not him, it's me. Here's what I'm not getting from you. Here you can't you can't think, well, we have a game on Friday, so I don't have to go hard on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I'll go hard Thursday and I'll catch your attention. That's that's old time. That's when they yeah. lost all the time. Not anymore. And we we uh, we got some kids that bought in. They bought into the weight room. We had a hard time the first couple of years in academics because mm. we had some kids coming from schools where they didn't really hold them accountable. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these kids were like, wait a second. What do you mean I can't play tonight? Yeah. Well, we, we had – you didn't get this homework in. Yeah, I know, Coach. Don't worry. It won't happen again. No, no, that's not – Okay. And so these I think these kids started to understand yeah. that we had their best interest in heart and they started working really hard. And once they started winning some games, it, it, it became kind of like look, we like this feeling. Yeah. We like it. And we did, I think as a staff, we scouted really hard. We, okay, we um, <laughs> we spent a lot of time in making sure we were prepared for whatever was in front of us. And um yeah, and then all of a sudden now they're starting to get other kids in the school, like a lot of kids coming out and wearing the gear and, and we putting signs up and That's it great. just became a snowball effect. The football team started winning games. The girls' basketball team started wow. winning games, and it really it's it's a school now that they 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 win, and I, I'm really proud that I was part yeah. of it, and just turning that culture around. But I think it's trust. I had, I'll tell you this Steve, about a young man years and years ago, young African-American young man from the city. And I picked him up at, um during Christmas break. We had a morning practice and it was really cold out. And I saw him at, at um the bus stop and I picked him up and I said, Hey, let's uh you need a ride home? He goes, Yeah. I said, Where do you live? He said, You don't know where I live. I said, I don't. He said, I know where you live. I said, Yeah. He said, I live like a mile from you, Coach. I said, okay. And he said, look, I'm I'm going to tell you something. I want you to to really hear this. I said, okay. He said, Coach, you know, us brothers from the city, we'll play hard for you. But we're not going to run through the wall for you until you get to know us, until you really buy in to who we are. Wow. I said, what? And he said, Coach, you have to invest in us for us to run through the wall. We'll play hard for you. Wow. We won't run through that wall for you. Until He said, do you know what my mom and dad do? I said, I don't. He said, get to know them. What? Yeah. And it was, I'm telling you, it was so eye-opening. And if you don't think an old dog can learn new tricks, this young man, he said, that's the only way, coach, that that, that we're going to run through the wall for you. And it's not just me. Get to know us. Learn about us. Learn, learn. Find out what my girlfriend's name is. Don't just know that I can go to the my left on the basketball floor but really kind of dive into who we are, what we do, what makes us tick. And then we'll run through the wall for you. And that kid, that kid is now the top assistant at Iowa State. And he'll be a head coach, NCAA Division I. That kid will wow. be – he was the best overall player um, I ever coached. Not just the best basketball player, but yeah. the academics, spiritually, academically, physically, mentally, all of it. And um, his parents, dad was a cop, mom was a teacher. They yeah. said, "You get one B. You get two Bs. You don't play basketball. We'll let you fool around in one class." He went to Loyola, was big time player at Liola, went overseas, and now he's he's been a coach for a long time. But he's the top assistant at Iowa State, and J.R. Blount
2: is his name. And trust me, he will be a head basketball coach soon. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you, I mean, this sounds like a great, great story. So this was about how many years ago ish that, that he said, Hey coach, if you want us to run through a wall, <laughs> yeah, you got, you got probably to- 2000,
1: 2001. Okay. That time frame, 2002. Yeah. And, um, taught
2: me a lot. So what did, uh, what did you go and do? A lot of coaches would have just said, I'm not, I don't have time for that. I'm scouting. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. What did you do, Mac? For, for me, it was uh, taking kids home, and, and I'm not coaching anymore, so this isn't
1: illegal. They can't come back and get me. But do <laughs> you know what? By buying them dinner, um, yeah. taking them home, spending time with them, uh, picking kids up for uh, in the morning for school, and just getting outside of the gym and having them sit in my car and me going through a drive through and, and eating the dinner and saying, tell me about life. Yeah. How's your mom doing? How's school going? Tell me about your brother. I know he was sick. You know, that kind of stuff, I think, um, I think helped a lot, to be honest with you. And it and it, changed, it changed me as a coach a little bit. Mm. Where it wasn't just X's nose anymore. It mm. was, you know, let's build this kind of relationship with these kids and find out more about who they are and what they do and what makes them tick. I, I can tell you this, um, Steve, I, I took a kid to school every day for a year and a half. And I would pick him up, and I told him, look, I'll pick you up at 7.15 every day. Yeah. But at 7.20, if you're not in my car, I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Then you got to get on the bus stop. And, and and the first couple of days, I saw him peek out of his drapes, right, taking a look to see if I yeah. was there. And after doing it for a year and a half, that last day, his last day as a senior in high school, his name was Key Anthony Blake. Yeah. I pulled up about a block from the school, and I said, Key we've been hanging out together for a year and a half. What, what did uh, what did you learn from me? And, what did, and I'll tell you what I learned from you. Yeah. He said, why don't you go first? And I said, you know, it can be done. He said, what's that? I said, you come from a, a single parent, just your mom, and you're a 3-7 student. You're going on to college, wow. yeah. and it can be done. He said, coach, it's hard. I said, no, it's hard. <laughs> I know it's hard. But what I learned from you is your dedication and your your discipline you're going to college and it can be done. He said, I'm the first person in my family to go on to college. Wow. I said, it's great. I said, what did you learn from me? He said, coach, you're the only man in my entire life who made a commitment to me and stuck with it. Wow. He said, I couldn't believe after two weeks that every day at 715, you were sitting outside of my house. He said, I, I, He said, it was shocking to me. And then I just took it for granted. He said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, if I didn't get out to your car at 720, I said, I was gone, Anthony. I, I, I would leave and I would never come back because wow. that was a commitment I made to you. And, um, yeah, so that when he told me that, that made me sad. You know, he said, you're the only adult male in my life that ever made a commitment to me that stuck with it. And I wow. said, well, that's what a man is, I think, Anthony. That's what we do as men. And um, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to have that for you, and I've had a blast. I said, like your music,"
2: but I had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! I I have so many more questions. I feel like, yeah, uh, you know, I've lost track of the time, even. But I, I do want to talk about your testimony. There's so much more that we could ask just about basketball alone, and these stories. Exactly. I think it's amazing. This uh, Jr. How did wh- what was his last name? Jr. Blount. Uh, J. R. Blount. B-L-O-U-N-T, yep. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, gosh, just uh, just amazing. I just feel like there's so much more to mine. But I want to ask you, even before your testimony, man, give me the quick description. What is the McG- McGivern agency that you've started January 1st? I don't know what, yeah. what this is. Well, the radio
1: station where I was doing Faith in the Zone, I was working for an Odyssey or Entercom station for 20 years. And I was a sales rep there, and I would do my shows on that station, and they decided to take all local programming off. Oh, okay. So they fired all the on-air people. I was in sales, so I stayed, but all of my programs were taken off the air. And when I started going to my clients that were part of these programs I was doing, they, they, they basically all said the same thing. Look, get us back on the air. We, we like those shows you're doing how is this going to work? And I said, well, I can't, I have a non-compete and I can't just go to another sports station. Well, it took a little while. Um, I was able to get out of my non-compete. I left uh, Odyssey or Entercom after 20 years and I took 12 clients with me. And so I'm doing, still doing all the marketing, digital radio advertising, some TV advertising, putting together um, the marketing programs for a number of companies and then I'm buying the airtime on an iHeart station that I can do a home improvement show from 8 to 9 on Saturday. I do my high school sports show from 9 to 11. And then Faith in the Zone airs at 8 a.m. on Sunday. Wow.
2: Wow. And they, home all, improvement stayed, show. Yeah.
1: they all kept with me. Steve, if you knew me, you know how funny I, did. I had to do a home improvement <laughs> show. None. <laughs> I don't know do any of that stuff. But they, they they asked me to ask the every man question, right? Let's ask basic questions about roofing and siding. And, and we've got a number of clients that, that um, advertise on that show with me. And uh, I, I tell you this, I thank God for these guys sticking with me because yeah. it, it, uh, the transition is a little scary. I've never done anything like this. And, uh, you know, I don't get a check every two weeks anymore. So if I can borrow <laughs> 20 from you, that'd be great. Um,
2: <laughs> but it,
1: it, you know what? So far, so good. And, and the Lord has really blessed it.
2: Well, man, that's really, uh, really exciting. I, I, I'll i Facebook friend you after this. I was looking at your Facebook, so stalking or whatever, just today, just to make sure I had some of my facts straight. And I saw, I think when you announced that, hey, we're about to have a radio thing in place, I saw like, I don't know, 600 likes Yeah, it and is. like a, a hundred shares. Like you have people in your corner that love yeah. what you're doing. Like you could put a Facebook post, you know, of having a, a baby or grandbaby, you might get, you know, a hundred likes, but you're getting like 600 likes on this, so... <laughs> Boy, it says a lot about who you are and how much people believe in what you're doing and, and love what you're doing and, and love being on, on your team and and just uh, getting to know you. I can see why people love to be on your team. Well, man, I, I, yeah, I again, we could talk so much more. And I hope to get back to that question for you that you posed that you came up with. Of man, if you could either shoot up again one more time or sure. a team of your choice, or maybe for you as a coach, it'll be you know what game would you want to coach again? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, and I don't know if your testimony's a three-hour testimony or a thirty-minute or a three-minute. But uh, what can you share with us, Mac?
1: So you know, we we had talked earlier about our wives,
2: and um, yeah,
1: forty years Jan, uh, June eleventh will be uh will be our anniversary and. I, I can tell you again, I, being 100% Irish, it, uh, it's not pretty. We um, I started drinking at an early age. Started drinking okay. at 13. Um, I was a freshman in high school and uh, got into a lot of fights and, and drank a lot. And that progressed into utilizing some some other things as well. Yeah. And um, got married and to the girl that uh, she was the captain of Shirley at her high school. And the day after he graduated from high school, she called and asked me out. Wow. Her and I've been, we've been holding hands ever since there were some rocky times in there. Sure. And, um, I, I can tell you that if it was not for her, I, I believe this, Steve, that I would, uh, I would probably not be on the server. Wow. And I was going down to a bad rabbit hole at one point. And, um, again, I tried to sneak in at two thirty in the morning and, And she was sitting at the kitchen table and she had had me right up to about here. And, and, uh, she said, look, you know, that I don't believe in divorce, but you need to make a choice. You're going to go, you're going to keep doing what you're doing or you're going to become the man that I know you can become. Wow. Or you will live the rest of your life in a loveless marriage. It's up to you. Wow. And I didn't even like Steve, I didn't like doing what I was doing anymore, but I thought that's who I was. Right. Yeah. I'm the guy at the bar. I'm the fun guy. I'm, hey, give him one. I'll buy one. And that's kind of how I grew up. And that's who I thought I was. Yeah. And when she said that to me and she said, look, it's up to you, but you will live the rest of your life in a loveless marriage. That, I didn't want that. Um, I was trying to have all of it. Right. And so I waited that Sunday evening. She was going to a church called Eastside Baptist on the East side of Milwaukee. And she would get the kids ready for church. And I would say, hey, don't don't drink the Kool Aid at the cult you're going to. And I would open a Miller Light and call my bookie, and you know, yeah. put a couple bets on the Sunday games. And and um, I would go to church on Christmas and I'd go on Easter, and every once in a while I'd go. And I liked their pastor. Pastor Duro was a he was an Iowa boy. He had you know the, the the pocket protector and the hair over, and he had this deep voice. He was a carpenter, and he was just. <laughs> He was a really good man, still yeah. with us, living in Florida. And I waited for Sunday Sunday night service to let out. And I snuck in because I do not want anybody seeing me go in. Yeah. And I walked into his office and I said, look, I need some help. And he said, what's going on? I closed the door. Let's go. What's going on? And I started to tell him what I was doing. And he said, I knew you would come. And I said, excuse me? He said, I didn't know when you would come. But your wife's been praying for you for years. Mm. I knew you would come. He said, if what you're looking for is a 12 step program, I'm not your guy. And he picked up the old King James version. Yeah. And he said, this is what I have. And I said, that's what I need. And he wow. said, let's go, let's go to work. It's been 20, I think 20 years, a little bit over, um, you know, uh, alcohol free, drug free. And, and uh, Pastor Darrow, was a man that that you know what he he worked we worked a lot together and he would come over and we'd go in the kitchen and close the door and we you know go to the book of ephesians and say listen here's where we are and and um if it had not been for her praying for me steve i you know i still get emotional with this because it um yeah I didn't want to live the rest of my life in loveless marriage. And she was not playing this little Polish girl from (laughs) East side of Milwaukee was not like it had it. it. And she said, look, I am done. I don't believe in divorce. I don't know what you're doing. This isn't enough for you. Like our love and these two beautiful kids, this isn't enough for you. And I, I, I realized that, um, that's not who I was, right? I thought that's who I was, yeah. but I was I was mad all the time. I was sad all the time. Do you know the best part about this is I don't have to lie. I don't lie anymore. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I could, I used to call her and say I'll be home in a half hour. I knew I wasn't going to be home in a half yeah. hour, man. Yeah, and um she, it took her a while. It took me a while to gain her trust, but her love was always there. And when Pastor Darrell said, "I knew you would come." Because that woman's been praying for you Mm. for years. Mm. And I just, uh, I'm still sad that I put her through that. Mm. And I'm embarrassed by my testimony. On Faith and Zone, you know, I'll say, look, there are a lot of guys that we have on the show. The worst thing they ever did was steal a candy bar. And then we got Pastor Daryl Strawberry and myself. If the Lord's willing to accept us into into his family. And he came to a dark place, man, to meet Mm. me. And he came, right, he came to meet me right where I was at. Mm. It wasn't like, okay, you got to clean yourself up, and in two months, then you can come back. And, and it's funny because I, I, get, I get asked now to go out and speak. In fact, I was in Michigan last weekend um, speaking to a men's uh, prayer breakfast. And the first time I got asked to go speak, it was a men's stakeout here in Milwaukee with about 250 guys, and I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed by my testimony. And when I got done speaking, I said to the pastor, hey, lose my number, pal. And don't, don't give my number to your friends, right? And he goes, what's the problem? I said, I'm really embarrassed. I mean, I'm, and he goes, well, there's the problem. You think this is about you. Oh, that's and good. He, said, he goes, I'm, I'm one of those guys, the worst thing I ever do is steal a candy bar. Out of the 250 men here listening to you tonight, there's 50 that won't talk to me. I've never had a drink in my life, but they'll talk to you. And I go, man, quit talking to me. I don't talk to you anymore, right? But he, he's right, and and though I would prefer that I would have I would have learned and and accepted Jesus Christ, my personal savior, a lot earlier in my life. Because, but I'm stubborn, right? That whole Irish thing, and I, I wish. But my story is is different, and I, I did a lot of things I shouldn't be doing, a lot of drinking and drugging and and doing stuff that. Um, was not good and, and, and if the Lord's willing to open his door and say come come on yeah and, and meet me right where I'm at which is a it was a dark dark place in my life yeah I, I just uh man the least I can do is go out and tell people about it.
2: Yeah that's amazing Mac and I just think it's I think it's wonderful. I think it's awesome uh encouragement somebody who might just be listening right now and feels very much like in that boat with you like man I, I'm doing that there's there's no hope for me. This is just the life I'm doing. And uh, God might just get their attention probably like he did on that men's retreat also might bring encouragement um, to some of the spouses, men or women that are praying and, you know, are waiting. And, and some of the parents that are praying and waiting for God to come through for a, a kid and, or a child to see their life turned around. So this is so encouraging. And I, you know, I just think of the apostle Paul and how, you know, he said he was the chief of all sinners. And sometimes, I mean, I look in the mirror and think, no, I got you beat. And you may feel the same way, Mac, but, but it's so encouraging to me that the apostle Paul, you know, all the things he did and all the things Moses did and all the things Peter did, all the mistakes they made, all that. I mean, just what you said, Jesus meets us right there, right there. And to me, seeing the apostle Paul just become a champion for Jesus Christ. I mean, it just speaks volumes. So for someone to look at your life and they can look at my life a little bit differently and that person's life a little bit differently and say, man, there's all these different flavors, but I do see God at work right I, I do see you out of work 100% agree with that and it's amazing to me when when you're
1: willing to 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 just kind of like look say this is who i was and, and i can't run from that it is my history and there are yeah. a lot of people in this town in Milwaukee that know me from then yeah and i'll see some of those guys they'll be like man what what happened yeah and it's just a, a door opener for me to be able to say well let me talk to you about that yeah. a lot of times they run man they run quick <laughs> I'm not as quick as I used to be. I can't catch those boys much, but um, to be able to just say, "Listen, I, I let me explain to you and, and and tell you what's happened in my life." Yeah. Um And it and it you again, June 11th will celebrate 40 years, yeah. and I'm not sure that you know 20 years in that I would have been able to confidently tell you that we will get to 40. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty confident we will now, <laughs> and uh, I, I thank God. You know you talk about these- you know a prayerful wife and a christian wife and and what yeah. that means to to the relationship it it meant everything to ours, so yeah I thank
2: her for that yeah she's way too
1: and she's way too good looking for me pal. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm in that club. I'm in that club. Join <laughs> the club, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for that club, man. I'm very happy to be in that club. Uh, well, man, Mac, I really appreciate and and we're gonna i am gonna ask you that question i'll let you choose between one or two or both but uh, just thank you for sharing that testimony and thank you for sharing like i said talking to coaches and basketball stories and all those things that we could talk for hours more um and uh i mean i you know i'll I'll save it but i almost want to ask like did well let me ask you did your coaching change in the midst of this transformation with christ
1: you know it did
2: it, it, it did because
1: for a while there, it was win or lose. You go out and have a couple and, and, and talk about this and that. It, it did. And I think it made me a better coach. There's no doubt in my, my, my life and my mind that it made me a better coach. Certainly maybe a better husband and a better father and a better employee and a better friend. But I, I, I would say that it did make me a better coach because I, I, I knew – what we, what the, the goal was now, right, to be able to walk worthy and to be able to say the things that you want to say to these kids about becoming adults and becoming fathers and 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 what that means. And now I, I can say to them, hey, listen, I wasn't the best. You know, I was not very good for a while there, but where I'm at now, and here's the reason why, um, yeah, I, I think I was a better coach, not only X and O coach, but overall as a coach.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. Uh, you came up with this brilliant segment that I will not borrow as good as it is because I believe it's yours. It's faith in the zone. I love it. Um, but and and because I want to get to yours, we don't have time to talk about some of the stories you've shared with me sure. that I just I do want people to hear because I think they're amazing. But uh, you set us set up for us what you ask your guests and then we're going to turn it on you so i
1: ask uh, the last segment of faith in the zone and if anybody has any um, interest in listening to any of our past shows we've been doing it for nine years now um <clears throat> excuse me you can go to brooksidebc.org brooksidebc.org and you can go to their ministry page and look at faith in the zone and we have the last four or five months that we've been on one radio station and then the eight years of the shows that we had on the other station, they're all on that page. So brooksheadbc.org. And a couple of years ago, it was a throwaway question. And you know, throwaway questions, right? Where the last question will, will throw something out. And the idea was all the uniforms you've ever put on from Little League baseball to, you know, Major League baseball to Pee Wee football to the NFL. And we put all those uniforms in a closet and you get to pick one uniform out. What uniform do you pick out to play one more game with those guys? Yeah. Who do you play against and why? And the answers have been unbelievable to me. Yes. Yeah. They just have. We had an NFL guy that said, look, I I was our best high school football player, my junior, senior year. Junior year we're in the state finals and I fumbled twice on the one-yard line and we lost by six. I can't look at those guys in the eye, even still. And this guy played for the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. We had a woman who won two gold medals in softball for the United States. Yeah. Her husband passed away two days before their second son was born. He had been hit by lightning as a child, enlarged his heart, and nobody knew it. Wow. And he dropped dead. Her answer was, my church softball team. And I go, what? Yeah. She goes, it was co-ed. I played left center. My husband played short. I would like to play softball with him just one more time. Well, tears flowing down my face. Right. My answer to you on yeah. this, I would put my coach's um, shirt on, my, right? Okay. Were, I was coaching at, at a place called Whitefish Bay Dominican. We we're ranked either number one or number two in the state, and we we're in our sectional, final, sectional, semifinal against a school called Oostburg. and we we're up six in overtime, and we we're at the line shooting one-on-one. They took the five worst players and put them in the scores table. They were were throwing the white flag in. And I said, buzz them in. Buzz them in. Let's go. They didn't buzz them in. The JR. Blount, who I told you about earlier, was the question. Missed the front end. Um, We got a tip and didn't make the tip. They got a rebound. Made a long outlet pass. Kid hit a three. They took a timeout and they beat us in overtime. Oh, man. I've never watched the game. I would love to have (laughs) the game back one more time. Um, The most painful... When you win six state championships, you can talk about you know the journey and great games along the yeah. way that one that one still stings, man oh yeah <laughs> I would love to get that one back just one more time
2: oh my goodness all right man I'll give you one more I mean okay. uh you got another one that uh, you would love to relive uh, I do yeah yeah which one that, that last game that I coached my son
1: at yeah. Calvary Baptist. Again, for a totally different reason. It was a win, but everything about that day for me, you know, I woke up and I took a shower it was the last time I was going to take the shower of going to coach my son. Yeah. It was, you know, everything, the warm ups. I, I, I tried to just take a mental picture of everything. Mm-hmm. And during the game, I got caught a couple of times, and we we're winning and, and we we're going to win the game. And I, I got caught, like, just watching him play, just mm. watching him play. As That's a senior true. point guard, he was the leader on this team, and, you know, he'd be looking for me, and I'm just looking at him, and he's like, what are we running? And I'm like, just <laughs> run something. Just run something. You know what we run? Go run 14 low or run Wisconsin or just run something. Wow. And um, it was it, – I would like to have that back because I was so proud of him. I was so proud of the basketball player he became. I was so proud of him. He he never talked on the floor. He wasn't cocky, and he just played, and it was great. I I enjoyed every minute of that. So I would would want that game back as well.
2: That's awesome. All right, last question for real um, is just what were your strengths as a coach? Just looking at yourself, you know, what were your strengths as a coach?
1: Um, I, I think I had a, a
2: really good feel for,
1: um, for kids within the game itself, right? Okay. As the game is, is, has started, um, who seems to have the energy? Who seems not? Is there an issue going on with them that we don't know about? Are they not feeling great? I, I think I had a pretty good feel for the substitution patterns on how I needed us to end a half how I wanted us to to come out of a timeout and make sure that, you know, we're going to get a bucket and then we're going to change up our defense or we're going to do something a little different. Um, and I, I, early on, I don't think I was a very good coach. I, I I think everybody back then wanted to be Bobby Knight (laughs) and I found out that I wasn't, but I think I, I was smart enough to, to get kids to play hard to play smart and, um, Figure out how to down the stretch of games be able to pull some games out.
2: Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. All right, Mac. Anything you want to say before I close this uh, podcast? Hey, I'm a big, I'm a big, very bold fan, man. I appreciate everything you guys do,
1: and and it was so, it's a god thing that we met. I agree. And look, anytime you need me to come there or you want to come up to Wisconsin, don't do it in January. Because you're kind of soft, <laughs> you wouldn't last up here. But <laughs> you, you ain't lying, man. And, and I got a place for you to stay, and and uh, I would love to buy you dinner and buy you lunch, pal.
2: You better watch out. I will totally take you up on that. So you I'm just know. Better watch out. Okay. I love you come, you,
1: we'll get we'll get over to a brewer game or a packer game. We'll have some
2: fun. Oh my gosh. It, it all sounds good. It all sounds good. So uh man, we'll uh I just want to say to our say to you first of all, just thank you so much. Uh, you for this time and sharing. And I felt like we could have still talked, you know, hours more about some yes. more of those stories and And uh, I've got something I want to ask you off air that, uh, so I guess our viewers and listeners will just have to be like, we don't know what that is, but I'll I'll talk to you about that off air. So hold on. And I'll just tell uh, our viewers and listeners, man, that's Mac McGivern, also known as Mike McGivern or Milwaukee Mike around here. We're changing it up. He's Milwaukee Mac. From now on, and uh, Hall of Famer in Wisconsin, pretty amazing when you think about several different sports to make their Hall of Fame. What a, what an accomplishment and does a great job with faith in the zone.
1: Thank you. And,
2: uh, yeah, you really do. You really do, Max. So appreciate that. And uh, I just want to tell our our viewers and our listeners that. Man, this this hope that he was talking about, this testimony that he was sharing. Well, first of all, it's accessible for anyone. All it really takes is just calling out and asking, "Hey Amen. God, I need I need some help. I need something." God is never going to turn down that prayer. He may turn down my uh, prayer to win the lottery. He may turn down my prayer for A, B, and C. Now he did say yes to the Spurs getting the lottery pick last night that uh, is going to save this franchise. But
1: oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: Papa a is going to stick around now, isn't he? Yeah, I bet he is. I, I bet, bet he is. Right. But, uh, but I want to tell you the one prayer he just never says no to is call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, if you're real, I want to know. Jesus, if you've got help and love for me, I want to know. He's not going to turn that down. And it may not be instantaneous. It might take a month. It might take several months of you saying, Jesus, are you real or not? Maybe wow. he's waiting for you to see how hungry you are to know if God is real but he will answer that prayer. Yes. You want to know if God answers prayers? Yes. You ask him for that. For those people that are hurting right now over a a child who has wandered away from the faith or just never stepped into it or a spouse. That you have been praying for for twenty years and you're just waiting for God. Why hadn't God answered that prayer? Some of you are like, I don't want to wait twenty years for God to answer that prayer. Well, God still is just asking you, just pray, just be faithful in your prayers. They Keep matter. Praying. They matter, right? They matter. Keep praying. If you ask me praying. Ask
1: my wife Terry.
2: Yeah. Or ask
1: you ask Pastor Darrell. That's if right. I knew you'd come. I didn't know when you'd come. That's I right. Knew you'd come.
2: That's right. Well, that's a great hope. And the Apostle Paul, this is the reason we're called Very Bold Everything. We are Very Bold Radio and Podcasts, Very Bold Ministries, Very Bold Scrapping. All of it is because I believe that is a great hope and it is so accessible for you. We keep praying. We keep praying. We keep being very bold in our prayers and very bold when we're sharing our testimony and somebody's running away because they don't want to hear it. We're still going to be very bold because that great hope, that life transforming, life changing hope that jesus christ gives peter said it's a living hope it is amen. real and it is for you this is what the apostle Paul wrote second corinthians three twelve. this is how we sign off therefore since we have such a hope we are very bold amen
0: very bold radio and podcast with your host steve teal bringing encouragement through god's word and through inspiring interviews Go to verybold.com for information and updates and email steve at verybold.com.